4: The money. That's what I always say. Always follow the money.
0: Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on vSend.
5: We are up and ready to go on a Friday edition of Follow the Money. Stormy Bonantoni and the Super Bowl champ, former NFL quarterback Sean King, on the desk in for Mitch and Polly. We have a fun show ahead, Sean, as we have all week. This has been great. Uh, Daytona 500 coming up. So at around 8.30 Eastern, Danielle Trotov, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio will join us. We'll get into some NBA with athletic writer Seth Partnow in Hour 3. Also in Hour 3, college hoops. Down goes Purdue yet again. Unranked Maryland handled business. Get his opinion on back and Matt Painter when it counts. And near the end of the show, a little bit later, NHL, puckster Thomas's favorite guest of the day for sure, EJ Radek, will join us. Uh, as always, I'm going to have to, like every guest that we have this week, I just have to get the opinion on the Bruins and you're going to have to get your opinion on the Lightning, and we're just going to see what happens. The trade deadline is coming up March 3rd, okay? So we're going to see who's buying and who's selling. But the big news that I want to start off with today, and uh, it's dominating all of the headlines, is Tiger Woods and his three birdies to close out round one at the Genesis yesterday. Finishes the day two under par, Sean. um, And sitting in a position that I don't think anybody really thought he would be his first day out there. Well,
1: I fully expected him to actually play well yesterday and today. I did not bet Tiger Stormy because I didn't think his endurance would hold up Saturday and Sunday. But obviously, I think the groups that teed off later, the conditions must have been a little tougher because it was a group with him, Rory, and Justin Thomas, and they all kind of were they were hacking it around for the most <laughs> part. So the two under was actually pretty good. As yeah. you mentioned, he finished strong. It wasn't pretty golf in the group, but you know, they kind of grinded through it. Um and only five off the lead. Max yeah. Homer, who I did put a future in, uh ticket in on 20 to 1. He sits atop at minus seven. But uh I'm proud of Tiger. Uh I did not think he entered the Genesis to win. I think he's gonna slowly get himself in shape. So they come Masters, he has the endurance to go out and do his best for mm-hmm. four full days. So I think that's the ultimate goal.
5: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, these first couple of days would certainly be the best opportunity for him to have success before whether it's the plantar fasciitis or whatever it is that he's dealing with um, because he would largely, when he's been playing courses, been able to play on the cart. You know, the last time that he was in a big event like this was in 2020 when he missed the cut at the British Open. So um, you know, the the types of things that he's going to have to do are tough, but... He
1: did have a noticeable limp throughout yes. the round yesterday. So, obviously, something is, is not necessarily bothering him, but something is definitely uncomfortable. So, it's interesting that he hasn't found cushioning in a shoe that, that at least alleviates that uncomfortability. I mean, because I'm sure he's trying. Have
5: you ever had plantar fasciitis? I
1: have, and it feels terrible. It's awful. Yeah, it's like people are sticking needles in your feet. Yeah,
5: like it's a... My my producer on, on my other show, Stephanie Kamershack, she said that she, to get rid of her, she like used a butter knife to yeah, essentially yeah, just scrape the bottom do, of her yeah. foot until it would... It, it
1: sounds a lot easier than I think it is to do, actually. Probably easier if somebody else does it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. But it, it was one of those things, though, where yesterday... On the back nine, when he got through, I want to say it was 12. He had a few bogeys in a row, and you're like, okay, maybe he's already feeling it. And then he was able to turn it on at the end, and it was really special. And it's another one of those things that just gets casual viewers involved with golf, which I think is great. And it's one of those things where like, the fact that he's playing in general right now is incredible. It's two years ago after this event that he gets in that car accident where you're just wondering, like, is he going to be able to... Get out of this and live. Then is he going to be able to walk? Then is he going to be able to even swing a golf club? Period. And the fact that he's out here at a PGA Tour event—that's um, what I like. Is I like the story. Our producer Dustin coming in hot this morning. Very, very anti. Just the obsession around Tiger Woods at this stage in his career, where he's 47 years old, and people are coming out here saying because because he says at his press conference he still feels that he can win. That everybody's like goo goo gaga over Tiger still. Well,
1: I think the reality is that. The PGA still needs Tiger. Uh, people were interested in the waste management that went to the waste management, but not many people flicked their TV on Thursday to watch it or Friday to watch it. No one would be watching the Genesis if Tiger wasn't in it. Yeah. So like, the PGA needs that because I know some people may get uh, exhausted with, with all the Tiger coverage, but it also creates exposure. For others, Justin Thomas, there's no way Justin Thomas is in the feature group and people are watching if Tiger isn't there. So, I mean, it's good for the other guys. Uh, Tigers earned the right to play. A lot of the prize purses, you know, a lot of the, you know, off the field opportunity, off the course opportunities they have are a direct result of Tiger's prominence, you know, when he was at his best. so. I like when he plays. It creates interest that otherwise wouldn't be there. But is
5: that a problem with golf, that all eyes are really only on these events if he's in it, that he's, like, bigger than the game in that way? That it's great that it draws eyeballs at the time, but what about when he is officially done? Well, I think the
1: reason that it still, you know, is in that space, he's the last golfer that was truly dominant. I mean, now the the top 20, the top 30 are as good as they've ever been, Stormy. But because of that parity, no one really dominates. One week is Rom, the next week is Shuffley, next week is Shuffler, then it's Rory, and it kind of just bounces around and ping. So they haven't been able to create a true superstar. The last true superstar in golf was Tiger Woods. The only true superstar in golf still is Tiger Woods. So I think he's good for the game.
2: Uh,
5: Max Homa, you, as you mentioned, alongside Keith Mitchell, your leaders in the clubhouse right now at seven under. World number three, John Rom, posting his seventh round of 65 or better sitting in third at six under and he is the favorite three to one to go on and win this thing right now here's tiger though on his first round back on the pga tour
4: I, you know I, I was able to simulate nerves at home because i've come off layoffs before and i was able to simulate that stuff but there's nothing like coming game time uh, just the feeling of the butterflies and trying to calm all that stuff down the adrenaline the ball goes further even though it's cold out here it was going even further than I than we expected. Um, I had to dial all that back in. Joey hadn't seen me hit a golf ball in a while. And so obviously he's, his feels are, we're, we're trying to get you know, the, the, the feels for out there and then the shots and the distances. Um, and we adapted very quickly.
5: Makes me feel better about getting nervous that I'm not alone. Now Even I, Tiger Woods can I, get I've nervous. I've been
1: able to do a lot of things in my life to simulate nerves like does he have a machine i mean it's tiger what is he talking about right there i simulated nerves at home i don't know if i agree with that one tiger but hey i'm glad to have you back big dog
5: yeah a uh, good start uh I mean, Tina. Do you
1: make the house real cold and then see if you can put it so like how do you simulate nerves can you purchase this like does target sell this target sells as a three-pack like where is this coming from
5: Um, Also, yesterday we had the introductory press conference in Arizona for new head coach Jonathan Gannon as he moves on from the Eagles defensive coordinator role. Kyler Murray was there. Um, Lots of questions to Gannon naturally surrounding Kyler Murray and finding an offensive coordinator for him to put him in a position for success. Take a listen to this as well
4: we're starting to look at some different candidates and, uh, looking at interviewing some people here in the next 48 hours. And, uh, but I have a very specific vision of how I want to play on offense and the person that comes in here to run the offense is going to understand that everything that we do will be structured around the quarterback position to maximize his skill set. And we have an elite one. We also have some elite players at different positions already on the roster that I'm very excited to work with. And, uh, That's what we're going to do. But uh, just as an overall general philosophy of being adaptable, uh, we're going to maximize Kyler's skill set. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to generate explosives. We're going to protect the football and be situationally smart. And we know that when you hear me talk about explosives and takeaways, we know those are winning stats. And that's all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. That's what we will preach, and that's what we're going to practice, and that's what the players will be educated on, and that's how we're going to play. And um, so if you do those things, you'll be in the playoffs.
5: Not sure. I agree with calling Kyler Murray elite, but a lot of the thought process around it, I I understand how big of a task truly is it, Sean, to get Kyler Murray back on track?
1: Uh, Well, the skill set is elite, Uh, the arm talent, the athleticism, uh, both rate, you know, pretty highly when you compare it to others in the league, it's the maturity that has been the issue. So, um, He's got some time to to self-reflect. We'll see. Uh, Very interesting uh, choice of attire for Jonathan Gannon. Did he have, like, a brunch he was headed to after this? Like normally, You just
5: like judging these press conferences. Well, normally,
1: you know, when you become – a, it's only 32 of these, you know, jobs in the world, right? I've mentioned that multiple times this week. No. You would think maybe (laughs) put a tie on Coach Gannon, please. I mean, unless he had a brunch that he had to get to right after this, you know, and he wanted to dress, you know, for the occasion. Like, he kind of was – I mean – sport coat, unbuttoned.
5: uh. Okay, Sean, aside from Jonathan Gannon's attire, what other immediate changes do you think will be important for him in Arizona? He's
1: also got to go to Bosley because that hair piece at the top is, it's thinning. Uh, He's young enough to get it. I mean, Hey, Nick Wright did it right from Fox. I mean, he all of a sudden came (laughs) back with a full head. So, I mean, it's possible. Uh, He sounds confident. He sounds like he has a plan. Uh, It'll be interesting. Oh, What does his network allow him to hire? Because generally when a guy gets a head job for the first time, he goes back within his network. Where has he coached? Who has he coached with of those men who's available? Or does he have a mentor that's going to kind of guide him? So uh, it'll be interesting to see who he hires for these positions. Um, I don't think Arizona's a bad job. I think it's a tricky job. But I also think that if Kyler Murray comes back mature, from this injury than he was prior to the injury, then you have a chance to be successful.
5: We will have to wait and see, but we'll continue this conversation uh, at other times throughout the course of the show. Remember, everybody, though, as football season does come to an end, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for hoops and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. You can join them each week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay, Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Hoops, Bet and Get, and more. You can check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. We got Win Some, Lose Some. Coming up here next, don't go anywhere more. Follow the money rolling along on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: win some lose some is presented
0: by bet rivers your hometown sports book check out their daily specials at betrivers.com. were you a winner last night
2: all i do is win 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 no matter what
0: wow winning or was it a rough one well they can't all be winners can they
2: loser you're a
3: loser holly howard recaps the night in sports betting in win some lose some
5: all right everybody, Stormy Bonantoni and Sean King in for the guys today. Let's get into some of the plus money tickets that cashed last night. UTSA, a 5 to 1 ticket coming in. They were an 11 and a half point dog in this one, um, end up beating Rice by 58479. North Florida cashes at plus 260 beating Lipscomb 114 to 111. Kennesaw State beat Liberty 8881. Plus two ten. Lots of lots of tickets cashed in, in college hoops last yeah, night. Yeah, the dogs
1: were barking, man. The road runners, beep beep, getting it done. <laughs> uh, Lipscomb be that big a favorite over anybody? I mean, Lipscomb. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a destination spot for elite basketball talent, but shout out to North Florida.
5: It sounded like you had a little bit of a speech impediment trying to say Lipscomb. Yeah,
1: Lipscomb. Like, you
5: know what? <laughs> it, do, it doesn't. It doesn't roll off the tongue very naturally. One of the PAs when
1: I, at my previous job at NBC was from Lipscomb. He was always bragging about him. But I think they're good in hockey. I didn't think it was basketball.
5: Okay. The Cougars were a five-point favorite against Santa Clara. They can't get it done. Um, Falling 81-74, Santa Clara... Plus 175 tickets coming home. Wichita State as well, plus 175. They were getting four and a half points at Temple. Get the job done, 79-65. UNC Asheville wins at Radford, 63-54. Getting plus 165 tickets home. And how about this one? Unranked Middle Tennessee State, plus 160. They knock off number 25, Florida Atlantic. 74-70, 74-70, first win for the Blue Raiders over a ranked opponent since 2016, Sean.
1: Ooh! Gotta oh, yeah. get a raise now, whoever the coach is.
5: Get her done, <laughs> Colorado plus 155. They were four-point dog, winning at Arizona State. North Alabama beats Bellarmine 70 to 57 at plus 155. And I, I know you don't like to see yeah. this one in the NHL, Sean.
1: This one hurt. Like uh, I, I don't know what's going on in the first period, but, uh, but. The last couple nights, you know, my uh, my hockey teams have, like, been sleepwalking through the first period. But I'm not going to harp on the bad. I'm going to harp on the good. Look at Coach Prime's impact at the University of Colorado, even making the basketball team better.
5: <laughs> Look at you go. Look at you go. Okay, let's get to the videos, see what we have here. Oh, the court storm. Get out there. Yes, okay, so last night, in case you missed it, Maryland – when we were talking to you on the show yesterday, it was a two-point underdog taken on Purdue. They ended up closing a one-and-a-half-point favorite, knocks off number three Purdue, and boy, were they quick to the court last night. A fun—it's like every time you knock off one of those big teams. You I have mean, to that's do it.
1: embarrassing. I mean, come on, Purdue. That's embarrassing, really. It's not like Purdue's a defending champ. It's not like they've been the number one all year. This is their first loss. Like, come on, this is a little too much. This is But, but somewhere my old producer Aaron Oster is smiling right now, so I'm okay with it. He's a Maryland great.
5: I like this is a Maryland team that's trying to build a new culture. They're doing things. come on. Why wow. you gotta why you sipping on the hater aid every well, day? I'm just saying. First you don't like the suit, now you don't like the court I storm. Mean, storming, I like this. You gotta
1: save the court storming for like big events, like huge occasions. Like if you next year, when you say we knocked off the number one team last year, they're going to be like, uh, which one of the 12? <laughs> That's
5: all right. I, I do agree with that argument. OK, what else we got here in Winsome? Speaking of knocking out, Uh-oh. Conor McGregor knows something about that. Arriving in style at the UFC Apex here in Las Vegas. He's back, baby. Going to be a coach in Ultimate Fighter. I talked to Dana White um, when we were down in Phoenix over Super Bowl. And uh, he said, everyone, all eyes are going to be on Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. It's going to be a fun one. When they go, they're going to go.
1: I mean, shout out to the tailor. I like the suit. Um, did he get more bow legged since the last time we've seen him? I mean. You don't was,
5: think that suit looks a little tight?
1: Well, he's a skinny pal. I can't pull those off, but I mean, it works for him. Glad he's back, UFC misses him.
5: Yeah, trash talking. You know that that's what's happening. All right, Um. did you see, I was very excited, um, that Travis Kelsey is going to be a host of Saturday Night Live coming up, March 4th. That's, that is gonna be awesome. He's such a character, I feel like that'll be tremendous.
1: He's gotta open the show. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what he did? at the People were hating on him, right? Like yeah, that. yeah. He's got to open the show with that. Like, that's his new thing. Sort of like Jeezy with the ad libs when he was at his height, like the rapper. Like that's Kelsey's ad. You
5: know, there's going to be a WWE skit in there somewhere.
1: Absolutely, live your life, it's man. I'm happy be awesome. Travis. He seems like he has a lot of fun.
5: He absolutely does. He's like does. Rob
1: Gronkowski too. He loves him 0. a
5: microphone. I think that's going to be a blast. Okay, last one here. Something about Nathan McKinnon. I don't know what this is, but. Nathan McKinnon, I will trade you my mom's number for your stick. <laughs> you go, boy. He's taken, but.
1: He's actually really good at hockey too, so uh.
5: That is that is an epic sign. He's one of the well few, done. He's
1: one of the great, great job by the young man. I hope my hope mom signed off on it first. Uh and then I hope dad isn't in the picture, because I don't know if 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 Lil Sean is giving out my wife's number for a stick. I don't not know good. if I, oh yeah, right. That's not probably a good thing, <laughs> but I will say this. I'm a big Nathan McKinnon fan. He's probably one of the few players in the uh, NHL that I think would start for the lightning. So, uh, Oh
5: my gosh. It always comes to right. so annoying. When some lose some presented by bet rivers, your hometown sports book, where if your first wager loses, receive a free bet equal to your stake up to 500 bucks. Learn more at betrivers.com. Just to continue our, our conversation a little bit about the, the Jonathan Gannon hire, It's interesting because he was asked at the press conference this week about if this is a rebuild or a playoff team. And, I mean, a a group that I would say largely devoid of talent on defense has 31 free agents. I would say it's a rebuild, but Gannon had a pretty eloquent answer. Take a listen.
4: I'm never going to put a ceiling or a floor on any, any roster, any player that, were, that that is under my watch. So uh, I know that there is work to be done, but I like the core pieces here. And uh, we're going to, through Moni and I and Michael, we're going to turn over every stone that we can to help improve the roster. And uh, a funny little story, we were in the interview on Monday and Moni asked me a question and I asked him the question right back, well, what do you think about that, Moni? He says, well, I want to hear what you say first. And and I told him and uh, he disagreed a little bit. And I said, well, I understand your point, but here's my point. And uh, I think that we're going to have a really good relationship as far as we're both here's where we did not disagree on is we're going to do everything that we can to put the best people out there to win games. And there's different ways to do that. And we will explore all those options, but that's what we're going to do.
5: So, like I said, he inherits a roster set for an overhaul of sorts 31 players expected to become free agents. Cliff Kingsbury led Arizona to just one playoff appearance in four years. What he described there with Monty sounded just like a conversation to me. So it's, <laughs> Since know, we didn't get any actual details about right. what the thing was that they disagreed with. I'm like, Oh, it sounds like a conversation. You thought one thing I thought another, and then we went back and forth. That's how that works. So I've got
1: a lot of opinions on, on that was a lot. First of all, I like his confidence. I do. I, I think he comes off as confident. He comes off as if he has a plan, like he's thought about this opportunity he can't wait to start this process. I still think he should have put a tie on. I think it looks a little too relaxed for his first press conference as a new head coach. You're not the defensive coordinator anymore again, and you're the head coach. The Making public the disagreement with the GM, that's an interesting one. I mean, is he trying to plant his flag with the GM and, like, I'm going to have my way? Or is he trying to, like expressed that there is like a dialogue this is a 50 50 I didn't yeah, understand what, that's what I making that that, op- that public was about I wasn't sure about that one
5: I don't think that was like calling out. In any way, I think that was just saying, okay, look, we're gonna have a very open dialogue behind the scenes about what we want to do and how we want
1: to build this team. But and isn't that normally how it's? It that's goes. what I'm
5: saying. It's a conversation, right. so, so I don't my know. My thing was, why when, would you? When he said, "So funny story," that's whenever somebody prefaces something with "funny story," you know, it's immediately not going to be a funny story.
1: <laughs> I got to do some research on, on who, uh, from a personnel standpoint, how involved is Sirianni with Howie in Philly, because obviously, again, it came up under Nick Sirianni, so he's going to want to Im- implement a lot of the processes that exist in Philly. So I'm going to do some research and find out how that relationship works because that that was interesting to me that that was brought up.
5: Okay. I think something that will be interesting to keep an eye on is this first season, both how the Arizona Cardinals finish games and how they finish the season. Because under Cliff Kingsbury, it felt like that was something that largely fell off, especially when it comes to the back half of the year. Um, since Kyler Murray's rookie season in 2019, the Cardinals were 10 and 24 in games November or later in the season. If You can't get off to hot starts and not close. And obviously this season in general, the entire year was a struggle. Um, it doesn't help that that Kyler's injured again. But I think those are going to be priorities just from a coaching standpoint of like, okay, can you get your team to close out games the right way and in the games that matter late in the season, can you still be the team that you think you can be? We'll see. All right, we've got to step aside, but follow the money continues to roll on. We've got some NBA conversation coming up because Kevin Durant had a nice welcome in Arizona, set to be a son.
0: This is
5: Follow the Money on VSEN. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college hoops, the VSEN experts have you covered. You can become a VSEN Pro subscriber with the introductory offer of just $9.99. VSEN Pro subscribers get access to the daily recap of top plays made from VSEN show hosts and guests, tools like betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSEN betting guides for the biggest games of the year where our experts have bracket breakdowns, top plays and daily props. Don't miss out though. This is a limited time offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe and sign up again just for $9.99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Kevin Durant, was introduced by the Suns on Thursday, of course, joining a team that has championship aspirations with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton, hence why their odds just skyrocketed down from 18-1 to to the second shortest shot on the board. Um, The 13-time All-Star informed the Nets he wanted to be traded to the Suns, Brooklyn obliged. Here's KD on why Phoenix was the spot.
1: Uh, They've experienced a lot the last couple years. Um, you see the growth in this team, uh, when Monty took over, when James came here, I see the, the culture started to change, the way they played on the floor, the energy they played with started to change, and I always love playing here in Phoenix. The fans always show love to you know just good good basketball in general yeah, they always cheer their fans on but they show love to the opposing team as well so uh, I knew this would be a, a, a great place to play and a great place to continue to get better as a player you got somebody like Devin Chris Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden guys that work and I wanted to be a part of that so I'm excited I'm here I'm looking forward to trying to add as much as I can to the group already like I said they built you know, themselves up and built the structure and the infrastructure for themselves already. And I'm looking forward to adding to it. It's interesting, Stormy, because every time I hear him talk and I hear the things that he's looking for, it takes me back to, well, why in the hell did you leave Golden State? <laughs> like, yeah. all of those things that he says he's excited about getting to Phoenix are the reasons why they, they existed already in Golden State. I just think that's going to go down as you know, a, a really bad, bad decision historically because it failed in Brooklyn, and we'll see. I mean, Devin didn't play well last night, but he gets to his son's team. that's fifth right now in the Western uh, playoff race, sitting at, I think, 32-28 and 28 is their record. So a talent like him, especially one that kind of fits on every team because of his versatility, I mean, of course, that's going to enhance and help Phoenix. Uh, we'll see if it's enough to win them a championship. Uh, he does have a... 1B in Devin Booker, who's an elite basketball player. Um, Chris Paul probably is on the back end of his career. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's a fish out of water trying to figure out how to be a big man in this day and age where it's, you know, run and gun, shoot all the threes, you know, that, that you can you throw towards the rim. So they have some pieces. We'll see. I don't think it's a guarantee that they're coming out of the West, but I just want Katie to be happy. I, 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 I just – but but it's always I'm always looking at him when he talks. Why did you ever leave Golden State
5: and hitch your wagon to Kyrie? Who you know, largely it, it's no secret it didn't work out. And a lot of the things that happened were because Kyrie and his off. The he field left decisions Steph and, and Clay court, yeah.
1: to hitch his wagon to Kyrie. Yes, then to James Harden, yes. then to Ben Simmons.
5: Yes, three and a half seasons in Brooklyn, no division or conference titles. One playoff series win, you go to Brooklyn to create this so that you, you're able to do things on your own, right. right? Like, that's that's the big reason because you go to Golden State and it's just like, oh, okay, well, they already were built this way. You're just like an added piece, which, I mean, Kevin Durant obviously doesn't feel like an added piece. He's the best player in the world when he's healthy and out there on the court. But he wanted to do it on his own, and it didn't work out. So now that it's with Phoenix – Is there more pressure to win a title now because you're going back to another team that has the pieces?
1: I think for the rest of his career, he's on a quest to win a championship without Steph and Clay, because they've won a championship without Durant Mm -hmm. before he got there and after he left. So I think there is pressure. I mean, you look at Chris Paul never has won a championship. He has to feel like this is the best opportunity that he has. Two of the top ten players International Basketball Association are on his team, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So, you know, we'll see if they can get it done. I still think plus 425 is a little low for me because I just, I mean, the West is pretty tough. I mean, Denver looks really good. Uh, You're going to have to uh, play Kawhi and Paul George, who they lost to last night without Kevin Durant, of course, who isn't play for the uh, Suns as of yet will join the team after the All-Star break, but you still have Golden State sitting there and potentially a Lakers team if they find a way to get into the play-in. So uh, I, I, I do think that they got better, but I don't know if I'm backing that wagon yet in Phoenix.
5: Yeah, still waiting to see exactly when Kevin Durant's going to be able to return. You, you mentioned, of course, it'll be after the All-Star break. He hasn't yet been cleared for three-on-three three three or five-on-five five play yet. They're going to be out there in Salt Lake City at least just, Watching for the All Star festivities this weekend. Um, the team returns to action February 24th, but I'm just not sold that he's going to be there in that first game. They hit the road after that at Milwaukee, at Charlotte, at Chicago, and at Dallas. So you would imagine at some point on that road trip, that's when we'll see Kevin Durant's debut. Have we gotten a little bit too out of hand with players creating their or trying to play GM? trying to build their own teams. Is this player led movement too much?
1: Well, I've been saying that for years now and I think it's coming to an end. I do think this next collective bargaining agreement, the owners are going to stand firm about, uh, honoring some of these contracts. You know, uh, it's got to stink for Brooklyn to have paid out all of that money and really gotten nothing in return, especially not, you know, from a banner standpoint that, you know, you can put up that people will see years from now. So, uh, I, I I also don't think it's worked. I mean, outside of <clears throat> maybe two of LeBron's teams, where he kind of handpicked <laughs> like some guys to play with him, like when when has it worked?
5: Well, and even like in LA, it's been short lived because they win the COVID title that nobody that everybody has the little asterisk next to and says that one doesn't really count, and things have fallen apart largely um, with the Lakers situation. Here, here's Adam Silver though and his view on players demanding trades.
2: It's not a new issue. I think it gets, um, uh, there's more attention focused on it than ever before because of all the the, the fishbowl effect of social media and the opportunity for every single comment to be magnified in incredible ways. So, I mean, again, go back to earliest days of this league, guys have demanded trades. Having said that, of course you want players to honor their contracts. You want the extent that that there's always going to be
5: He's not wrong.
1: Yeah,
5: it's been around forever. Um, I just don't understand, like, what's the point of even signing these contracts?
1: I mean, I just think it's going. I think the owners are going to put their, their their feet in the sand and and really make some adjustments and addendums to the CBA. I don't. I think their hands are tied right now because the players do have a lot of power, and uh, sometimes that's a good thing, and uh, sometimes I think it's something that can be abused. And I do think the NBA players specifically have abused it. You know, not wanting to, you know, honor contracts, not wanting to be available, you know, not wanting wanting the big money, but then not wanting to play the full 82-game slate. Like, that's where, you know, it starts for me It's like, you know, fans want to see you perform. Like, if I'm a fan of this particular team and I buy season tickets, it might be because of who is coming to play here from another team. And for that team to show up and you to be able to play and just don't choose not yeah. to, I do think the NBA has to make some adjustments.
5: Yeah, how many times do you see little Johnny with the poster out there saying, it's my first NBA game, can't wait to see LeBron.
1: Right, and I don't want to isolate LeBron because there's a no, bunch of them that just, do it he's, right.
5: He's the most famous man in the if sport. If you pick the top so, 20
1: guys, all of them do it probably except Giannis. Giannis is probably the only one that I don't think regularly does it.
5: When it comes to KD... You you mentioned that he is on the path to try to get a championship without Stephen Clay. How many rings will it take for either him to be satisfied or for like the view on him to say he is a champion in his own right?
1: Well, I think what's happened with KD is people know he's talented, but not many people right now consider him or talk about him as the best player in the world, which is prior to going to Brooklyn, that was the conversation. He's the best player in the world. Now that conversation revolves around LeBron, Giannis, uh, Jokic, like even Jason Tatum, you know, in some ways. So I think he has to reestablish himself as that elite, not just skill player, but that elite player in the clutch, that that Boston playoff series. You know, we had never seen that version Mm -hmm. of KD. You know, afraid to dribble, afraid to shoot, can't make a shot, can't make a free throw. So I I do think, you know, he has some – He needs to reassert himself uh, as the best player. And if he does that, then it increases Phoenix's chances. I'm not sure it happens. Why do you say that? Well, I just think maybe the wear and tear, the injuries have caught up with him. I don't think he's as quick as he used to be. You know, that first step, you create separation, you know, it's not as, you know, swift. And maybe it's because he hasn't been healthy. We'll see.
5: Yeah, and that's the struggle when you are an aging star, too, and you're on the for championships and the the window gets shorter and shorter as you continue to go um Kevin Durant and the Suns the favorite to win the West now we'll see if they can actually get it done and get to an NBA title like they did a couple years back and if KD is the missing piece to put them over the edge lots more news in the NBA ahead including Giannis Antetokounmpo went down with a wrist sprain last night
0: if you dare.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the
4: iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on vSENG.
5: Sports fans, I know football season's come to an end, but there is still so much to bet on, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be, especially when it comes to hoops and hockey. BetRivers has you covered for every line on and boost. They've got new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. It's a whole new game stormy bond tony and sean king at the desk live from circa resort and casino sean lots of nba news coming through yesterday and the big headline actually that dropped us like relatively within 20 minutes of us getting off of the air yesterday was that the boston celtics have officially removed the interim tag from joe missoula making him the 19th coach in franchise history he of course took over for ime Odoka after he was suspended indefinitely and has done nothing but help guide this Celtics team to the best record in the NBA at the all-star break.
1: Yeah it speaks to the character of their their best players uh Jason Tatum uh Jalen Brown Marcus Smart Al Horford that's a good group there uh a group that is focused on being better basketball players and, and being a great team and 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 trying to win a championship. They came close last year, ultimately lost in the finals to Golden State. Uh, hats off to Joe Mizzoula, uh stepping in, uh, being prepared for his opportunity, taking advantage of it. Uh, much deserved uh, removal of the interim coach, yeah. the permanent head coach.
5: That's how I feel, too. And I, I get that a lot of people might say, oh, well, this is a team that was in the NBA finals last year. They were built to make a run again. Absolutely. But at the same time, like this is a guy who has kept everything together, kept the guys motivated. So much credit was given to Ime Ime Udoka last year for what he had done for this team. And with him not there, how would things be handled? And I think he's done an excellent job.
1: Yeah, they continue to play defense. They play with high energy, great effort. Uh, And that's that's directly from the coach. So uh, Ime built a great culture there. And Joe Missoula has taken what he made, built, and, and made it even better.
5: Yeah, very seamlessly hit the ground. Uh, Missoula also named NBA All-Star Head Coach uh, for this weekend. He's going to be coaching Team Giannis in Salt Lake City. But now there's like, some concerns about whether or not Giannis is going to be available. Last night had to leave their game against Chicago with a wrist sprain in the first quarter Um Head coach Mike Booneholz are saying after the game, the x-rays were clean. So that's good news, but they're just going to take the next couple of days to reevaluate it. So whether or not he plays now is in question. I'm sure he'll still make time to do the draft though, to pick his team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, I always think it's a neat little deal to be able to coach the all-star game because you get to come in contact with the best players in the league. Some of who are going to be free agents. And uh, we just talked about great players, demanding trades. So, uh, it can kind of be like a recruiting opportunity as well. So uh, I have a futures ticket on Milwaukee, by the way, so I'm completely fine with Giannis sitting out the All-Star game.
5: Drew Holiday um, was asked in the post-game presser if he had concerns about Giannis's injury, and he said, We've seen him hurt a little bit worse than that and he went and had 40 40 40 50 and 50 in the finals so he wasn't particularly <laughs> worried about oh, yeah. Giannis. Giannis is a at this machine. Point.
1: Giannis is a throwback player. Yep. <laughs> he would be good in every era.
5: You're you're probably feeling good about your future as far as the All-Star break stands because the Bucks go into it on a 12 game winning streak and it's always nice to enter the break hot versus cold.
1: You're right, absolutely 100%. Now I still have a huge obstacle in Boston. And I think if you you draw Cleveland, that's going to be a tough out in the Eastern Conference playoffs as well. But I'm backing Giannis. As long as uh, my guy Middleton can find a way to stay healthy this year, and be available, then. Then I like Milwaukee to come out of the East and ultimately win it all.
5: We are at odds, but what else is new, Sean? I know you got your your, go your, your parlay:
1: is, Bruins and Celtics.
5: We talked about it yesterday, but in the East, it's it's a two-horse race. Uh, I would be very surprised if somebody was able to supplant either the Bucks or the Celtics down the stretch. Yeah,
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised if your Celtics beat the Bucks in the East. I I, I uh, hitch my wagon to the Bucks, but the, yeah. the, the, the part of your parlay that has no shot is the Bruins because they're in the same. You need help. As the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'm just saying, like, go and get you. You can hedge. Go and get you some lightning uh, to win a Stanley Cup.
5: You know what? It's a cold take. The lightning are average. So I'm not even. That's not even shots fired. That's not even hot. It's just a cold take because it's so true.
1: Some people like teams that have been to the last three Stanley Cup finals and won two. Some people don't.
5: They're old and they're tired. Um, Ain't going to get there. We're fine. We'll see if I'm eating crow, um, but I think I think the... Well, you know, we'll ask EJ Raydeck a little bit later in the show what he thinks. I value his opinion a little bit more. Sorry, Puckstradamus. Sorry. Circle EJ. <laughs> um, also, I did want to just mention while we were on that that Bucks-Bulls game from last night. After all the trash we talked about, Brooke Lopez, he goes out there, 21 first-half points and a season-high 33 on the night, so... It is what it is. Uh, One quick thing, because we talked about it so much earlier this week with the MVP conversation and Nikola Jokic and whether or not there might be some voter fatigue going for a third straight MVP. Apparently not. ESPN put out the straw poll um, yesterday. Runaway leader, which I thought was refreshing to see that you're not saying, okay, we're going to. We're going to value some of these other players just because you've won it. No, you're averaging a triple-double. You deserve it. He had 77, as you see um, there, 77 of the 100 first-place votes available, 913 total points. Giannis was next with 11 first-place votes, Embiid with six, Jason Tatum with five, and Luka with one. But like I said, this dude is averaging a triple-double. Nuggets currently lead the Western Conference. They have the NBA's third-best record, and he's the reason why.
1: I mean, I'm looking at the points per game list, and he's not even in the top 20. So I know he's averaging a triple-double, but I mean... It's
5: like 26.5 points per game, I think.
1: Yeah. I'm, we'll see. Maybe I'm going to I don't see him. So, it is what it is. I don't think, Well, I hope he doesn't win it, because I thought MB should have won it last year. But, I mean... But you right can't now, do Denver's revisionist
5: play, history, Right now, either. Denver's
1: playing good, too. I mean, if Denver runs the table and... You know they keep the best uh, record in the West, which is what they currently have, right? Yep, at forty-one and eighteen. Then he may win a third in a row. Twenty
5: point six per game, I think, is what he's at right now.
1: Yeah, he's not in the top twenty. I just looked it up. So interesting that it's 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 such a landslide for first place votes for somebody not in the top twenty. Well,
5: and look how it moved the market because yesterday when we were having this conversation, he was a minus one seventy favorite. Now that number pushed to minus two fifty.
1: I'm convinced that the the voters have the same issue I have and that they just don't watch a lot of NBA basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Denver's in first. Let's go with (laughs) Jokic. You're wild. Uh, Um, Of those 77 first place votes, I wonder how many of those actual 77 people have watched 10 plus games this year of Jokic.
5: I'm sure all of them.
1: It's not easy to watch Denver play.
5: Oh, my goodness. Well, it's not easy to watch a lot of the teams in the West, appear this year. Speaking of which, okay, so my, my Clippers, because they're my Clippers now because of Kawhi, since he's playing multiple games in a week. Beautiful. Love to see it. Um, So Sham Sharani of The Athletic says that the Clippers have received permission to begin conversations with Russell Westbrook. My question to you is, why would you want to do that?
1: So this is kind of where... Some of these players need to – if you're going to try and be GM, then you have to really, like, put the GM hat on. You can't mix friendships and player acquisitions because Russ does have a lot of friends. Paul George played with Russ in Oklahoma City. So, like, they're friends. Um, I think LeBron and Russ were friends. Like, so sometimes you take your friends side of the story, but if you listen to – The people inside the Lakers organization, their issues with Russ weren't just on the court. A lot of it had to do with, they said, bad attitude, you know, not being a team guy in the locker room. So those are the things that would worry me about an acquisition, you know, with a team like the Clippers. Because just from a purely basketball standpoint, Russ could be a great six man off the bench, instant offense guy. Somebody you bring off the bench with the twos, you need him to score. He still can do that. But if he's not going to be a good locker room guy,
5: then
1: I wouldn't add him.
5: That's my thought. If you have good chemistry, if you have health that's coming back on your side and you're already, because the West is so weak, considered a top four, top five team and could contend in the conference, I don't think there's a need to add somebody that while sure they could help, the likelihood of them hindering your locker room and your chemistry feels more likely. Like, that's why... When you're in an office setting and like normal people that are working day to day, you don't want inner office and interpersonal relationships, right? Because, yeah, there's the rare instance where you get married and you're together forever and it's a wonderful, but it's probably more often than not, if you guys don't have something good and there's a falling out, then it makes the work environment hostile for everybody right. and nobody wants that. Very so true. that's how I view it. Well,
1: if the Clippers do add him, Stormy, he do not have to go far. <laughs> <laughs>
5: They live in the same house?
1: Yeah, they play in the same arena still. It's amazing. Well, we'll see. Um, I, I bet a lot of it has to do with his relationship with Paul George and him asking Paul, can you go and see if there is a possibility of me coming, help you guys beat the Lakers. I'm sure that's how the conversation went.
5: Okay, well from the association back to college hoops after we return from a quick timeout, Maryland yesterday was a two-point underdog when we talked on this program. By the time tip-off happened against Purdue, they were a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Cover no problem. Purdue goes down again. We will discuss that and why Matt Painter has such a problem getting it done.
1: Storm the court. We (laughs) beat Purdue.
0: work.